0: Dear Christian friends, I have chosen a different gospel as the text for the sermon this morning than the one we read. It is the gospel which immediately follows this gospel that we read this morning. I'll tell you quickly the background. It's a man who had two sons. He said to one son, "Go go to the field to work in the vineyard. And the son said, no, I won't. Man said to his son, but then that boy changed his mind and actually went out and worked in the field. He had a second son. He said to his second son the same thing. Go to the vineyard and work. Second son said, "Okay, I'll go. He went out, but then he thought better of it. Maybe too hot, maybe too many bugs, I don't know but he did not go. Jesus used that parable to respond to the situation you had, we had in our gospel today where the uh, religious authorities there in Jerusalem are asking him by what authority he does things. Of course, Jesus did many, many mighty works in front of these people, including, of course, uh, disrupting the temple very much, and they were very upset about it. So now, I wanna warn you again, an outward mask of good sounding, pious works does not impress God or his son. Jesus wants us to join him in the kingdom of both word and action, both word and deeds. And deeds that actually come from your heart. That happen in response to Jesus' wonderful gift of salvation. Please join me in prayer. Jesus, you perfectly pleased your Father in your words and your actions. You obeyed your Father even unto death on the cross. We confess our disobedience. By your Spirit, enable us to live for Christ in both word and word and action, amen. Again, looking at the gospel, we see the father asked his son to do a simple task. In today's world, it would be the rough equivalent of saying, go out and cut the grass. But the son said no. He refused to do any chores. I cannot politely tell you what would have happened in my house if, my, if I had said that to my father. But this man, apparently, part of Jesus' parable, let it slide. He had another son, and he told him, and we said we talked about that story. Jesus told this parable to illustrate the fact that prostitutes and tax collectors would enter heaven ahead of the chief priests and elders to to whom he was talking at that moment. They had asked him this question, by what authority? Because the chief priests and elders had rejected John's message. And John's message obviously was precursor to Jesus' message. Now every day we make decisions and every day we change our minds, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. These decisions, whether they are large or small, will affect our lives and affect the way that people see us as Christians. This year, we have to face that privilege of living in a republic. Voting is an important responsibility. Shall we vote for people who recognize our human dignity as a gift from God the way Madison and Jefferson did, who believe in the traditional family of fathers, mothers, and children, who also recognize that people are sinners who need boundaries. And that the enforcer of these boundaries by God's hand is the state, God's left-hand kingdom. We must take time and make effort to get behind the ads and the rhetoric of these candidates and find those who listen to the sense of right and wrong that God has given to each of us. Or will we cheat, be like the nervous sixth grader who looks for an easy way out of a difficult test, who writes some notes on her hand, or just a few notes to make things easier on the test. Maybe you want that one math formula that's hard to remember, or that one word that's difficult to spell. But anyhow, if you're not careful, these notes just magically appear on the palm of your hand before a test. Every day, we face a dilemma. We face a decision that shows whether we are faithful or unfaithful to God. The dilemma of how much we're going to let Jesus shape our lives. As Christians, do we fight temptation or do we flirt with it? Sometimes we say yes and sometimes we say no. Or, do we know how the first son felt when he said no? Maybe he enjoyed a momentary feeling of rebellion. He felt strong and independent. He felt macho. He thought about all the things that his father did. He thought about all the things his father had done for him. Now, Jesus does not tell us why that boy changed his mind. He just tells us that he did. The other son followed a similar path. He made a statement. Then he changed his mind. Remember, he said he would go and then chose not to go. Each of them made a decision and then thought about it and changed his mind. As Christians, we know what it's like to change our minds. We may change our minds more often than most of the people in the world. Our Heavenly Father has asked us to live our holy lives in an unholy world. He asked us to be the reflection of his son to everyone. And we have answered yes. But what happens? What happens five minutes after you leave church this morning, feeling pretty pious, that you get in an argument with your spouse in the car, or when you get to your favorite restaurant for brunch, You're upset because you don't get seated instantly or some other trivial little thing happens. Our Father in heaven asks us to do hard things. It's tough to be perfect in an imperfect world. It's tough to be the image of Christ when you're not even sure you like the image you see in the mirror. But that is what God demands of us. Jesus knows what it's like to struggle with the work that God asks us to do. In eternity, before the beginning of the world, God the Father spoke and he said, Son, I love you. I have a very difficult job for you. I need you to go to earth at the appropriate time to put on flesh and blood, just like a human being. You must go and live with sinful people and you must heal their pain and free them from Satan, and by loving them and teaching them, you must show my image to them. Even after you do all those good things among them, they're going to hate you and beat you and sarcastically call you king and crown you with a crown of thorns. And then they're going to want to kill you. But they're not just going to just kill you. They're going to make all the trouble of going through with a legal proper execution. You must die. Even a death on the cross in their places. God asked Jesus to perform a difficult job. It was so difficult that only God or God's son could do it. And God said, will you do this for me? And Jesus said, yes, Father. It wasn't easy. Remember Jesus' struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane? Refer to Mark 14. Jesus said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed if it's possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, and yet, not what I will, but what you will be done. Jesus struggled and wrestled, but he never gave up. He never changed his mind. He never chickened out. He also knows that we will change our minds because we're weak. God knows we're probably gonna chicken out sometime. We know, he knows that sometimes we will be like his, the first son. We will say no and then go and do what needs to be done. Sometimes we'll be like the second son. We'll say yes, but not carry through by doing the right thing. We will find ourselves with that answer written on our hand or the wrong number written on the tax form. We will find ourselves knowing that what is right in God's eyes and doing the exact opposite. It has happened to each of us and I'm sure it will happen to me again. I'm sure it will happen to you again. Thank God for grace. We're never alone. We've been baptized, baptized into Christ. God's Holy Spirit is with us. Through his eyes, we see the Father's will. And with his help, we can make the right choices. Jesus is with us. He reminds us what he did on the cross. He taught us how to defeat Satan with God's word. That is written for us in Luke chapter 4. You can read it for yourself. But the bottom line is that Jesus answered each of the devil's temptations with the word of God. And after a short time, the devil left him. We can do the same thing. We all have Bibles. Most of these, and most of these temptations are covered in the Ten Commandments. It's a nice list in Exodus chapter 3. Learn them. Even though we stumble and fall, even though we waver and change our minds. Jesus will hold on to us. He never lets us go. He will be our advocate with the Father. Clarence Darrell couldn't carry Jesus' briefcase. He will be our lawyer, our advocate with the Father. The Father is for us. Most important, he will never change his mind about us. He saved us, and he continues to save us. And now from Hebrews 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How good it is to know that Jesus never changes his mind about us. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen.